Welcome to RevMD, a podcast created for healthcare professionals by healthcare professionals. We will share tips on medical billing and coding, as well as workflow optimization to help practices succeed, thrive, and grow revenue. Welcome back to another week of the RevMD podcast. So this week, we're going to be talking about audits. And what I mean by that is payer audits. And I know this may not be the most exciting topic, but it is absolutely critical that you and your team understand how to think about audits, how to recognize audits, and then what to do with them if you are put into a place where you must send in documentation to different payers. Now, I'm going to give my warning, right? As always, this podcast is for education only, and we're discussing things that are publicly available. I always suggest consulting with your legal team if you do have questions, concerns about an audit that you are being requested on actively. Certainly check with your own certified billers and coders. If you don't already have an amazing certified biller and coder, certainly reach out at info at nationalrevenueconsulting.com. We also offer services for any type of audit that you may need. So I'm first going to share an example that we've had as we've brought in clients ourselves. So we have had a number of clients who have been requested to respond to a payer audit or who've been requested to send in medical charts prior to getting paid. And so it can definitely be an unfortunate situation if you don't respond appropriately. And in those circumstances, if you don't, you can actually be flagged by the payer, which results in delayed payments. It can result in medical charts being requested before you get any payment. And really, once you become flagged by the payers, or even worse, if you're sanctioned after an audit and are found to have to have big paybacks for the reimbursement that you had previously received, it can be extremely difficult to get off their flagged list. So while you are flagged, again, you can see that delay in payment, those regular chart reviews. So it's really important that if you're getting requested to send in medical charts or you're getting requested for an audit, that you're talking to the right team members and that you're responding appropriately. And that's what we're going to go over today. So today we're going to talk about a few things, right? We're going to talk about the trends that are occurring with payer audits and some things that you may see, as well as some tips to make sure that you are prepared in the case you do get an audit letter and how you should respond. So first we're going to talk a little bit about the trends that we're seeing. So if you've never had a billing audit These are really an organized process or request for you to send in your medical charts to ensure accuracy of both your own documentation and also the codes that were billed. This is really much less about your medical or any type of clinical care of the patient and is actually more about your ability to accurately and completely document what happened. So let's first talk about a TPE audit. So this is a targeted probe and education program that is through CMS that was actually designed to help practices reduce claim denials and appeals through this type of one-on-one help. Now, the idea was really to help support appropriate coding and make sure that things are going well, but let's be honest, it is always a ton of work to prepare for and submit anything regarding an audit. And you're going to want to take these extremely seriously because they can result in even more work if they're not properly managed 
Or worse, if your documentation is not supporting the coding, then that's just going to trigger additional chart reviews and additional audits. So remember, anytime anyone is asking you to review your documentation, it does make sense for you to get a certified coder to look at those and make sure you know if you're appropriately coding. Now, this does not mean you're going to change any of those medical records because that's going to be a big no-no. It means that you are recognizing what's going on so that you can send some letters explaining the errors that you found and how you're gonna correct for that. Now, audits can last anywhere from a few months to even years. And that really is all dependent on what you're submitting and how that's how accurate those are. And so you'll want to make sure that every single physician and healthcare provider in your office are aware that they themselves could actually get the audit request. So it's not always coming to the practice owner. It's not always coming to the lead physician in the practice. So you're going to want to make sure that everyone on your team recognizes what an audit letter could look like, that they don't think it's just spam, that they don't ignore the request. And again, that you have a process put in place in your office that should anybody get that, you know the steps to take. And we'll talk a little bit about that today. So again, highlight here is do not ignore the request and make sure that every single one of these audit requests are handled appropriately. Another type of audit is actually through the commercial pairs. So shockingly, Medicare is actually easier to work with when it comes to audits than the commercial pairs which have a lot of different rules compared to CMS. And there really isn't a standardization of those contracts, which makes it even more challenging to manage commercial payer audits. So first thing first, I want everybody to make note that if you do not have a copy of your payer contracts on hand in your office, you're going to want to start contacting payers and gather all of those. So that means that if you can't find them, You're going to want to make sure that someone in the office, typically those individuals who have helped with your credentialing, is going to help and go gather those contracts so that you have your fee schedules, you have the rules on hand, you have an understanding of when you need to get re-credentialed. All of that information should be kept somewhere safe so that anytime you have a staff member who's left, all of those are in a place that everybody can reach. It actually is not uncommon for even the payers to lose copies of those contracts. So again, you're going to want to keep your own copies in case there are any disputes or anything you need to manage. So again, very important. Make note of that. Have your staff who help you with credentialing start working on that. Now, a lot of activity regarding payers holding claims and even putting practices into these prepay audits that hold up payments while you're requesting and having to submit in medical records does happen. And so I highly recommend that if you're getting these requests for these prepay audits that you really are taking these seriously and you do not wait to engage with a certified coder you really need to do that immediately. And so I want to make sure that that way you are sure that your documentation and coding is aligned and you're going to want to respond to these appropriately and timely. The biggest issue with these prepay audits can be that you're sort of in limbo, right? You're trying to get a judgment back from them. Meanwhile, your claims are just sitting there. So you don't even have a denial to work on. You're just waiting to hear back if they're going to approve. So Another thing you can do is really work with your payer 
representative to understand if they can give you some additional details on what's going on. So again, that's like your insurance rep from United or whomever, so that you can get some key tips on what they're seeing in their notes to help make you be more successful. And again, do not wait to get a certified coder in there doing a coding audit, making sure that what you are submitting um, makes sense for the documentation standpoint. Now, again, I'm going to echo this. You That doesn't mean you're going to go into the medical charts and change a whole bunch of stuff before you send it, but then you can send in a letter explaining, hey, we caught this error. This is what we're going to do, et cetera. And so Again, payer contracts do allow for these type of audits and they do allow them to withhold payments. So keep all of them in mind and really take these seriously. So I just want to make sure that you understand your own contract, their ability to terminate your contract should you not comply to these things. Now, of course, this does not happen often, so I don't want anybody to worry, but at the same time, just really making sure that your office is keeping an eye out for these things should they be requested and making sure that you have a plan in place that should these letters come in, how you're going to handle them. Now, there's another thing I want you guys to be aware of, and it's something called cross-plan offsetting. So essentially, an insurance company can have a number of different payer products and plans. Now, say you're in network with some of these plans, but not all of these plans. So what will happen is if you're billing on one of those out-of-network plans and say the insurance company overpays you and then they recognize that, what they can try and do is then offset the payments of your in-network claims to offset any overpayment that they think they have done on the out-of-network claims. So you're going to want to check your payer contract for any language in there that talks about offsetting. Um, Most of the new payer contracts do have some language in there regarding this. Now, there have been cases in court that have found that withholding payments in this type of situation with offsetting may not be always permitted. So again, you want your billing team to make sure that that's not happening. And if it is, working with your insurance payment rep to see what you need to do next and really paying attention to these types of things. So next, we're going to talk about the four tips to be prepared for an audit. It's really important that as your office and your staff and your other physicians, other healthcare providers, everybody in the office, make sure that they understand the seriousness when it comes to audits. So typically the request could be to see a single chart, which is rare, or a number of charts, which is much more common. And so you're going to want to make sure that you have that strategy so that you know how to respond timely and immediately. So the first tip, just as I mentioned, respond timely. It is extremely important that you take it seriously and that you be prepared because sometimes they're only going to give you 30 days or less. So you're going to want to make sure you've made some sort of contact. Now, if they do give you a 30-day notice to respond and you think you're going to need more time, then you just are going to want to email them immediately and talk to the auditor or talk to the contact that's listed on the letter so that you can ask for an extension. Now, Medicare may not allow you to do this, but they may be giving you more time than that 30-day time period. But other commercial payers may be more lenient. Either way, regardless, 
always email, contact them in writing, and let them know that you are working on the audit. And if you do need more time, certainly try and ask for it. Now, you may not get it, but the more communication you have with the audit team, the better off it's going to look that you're taking it seriously, that you're working on it, etc. And so again, respond timely and certainly email and contact individuals on the letter so that they know you're on it and certainly communicate any sort of needs that you have in order to make yourself successful. Number two, you're going to want to make sure that before you submit any claim that you're reviewing the records. And I mean the physicians or the healthcare providers are actually reviewing the records before they are submitted. So this really should not just be handled by a junior administrative staff alone, you're really going to want to make sure that you have some clinical eyes on these documents beforehand. And really the intent here is to make sure that you're submitting all of the complete records on the front end for these patients, because it's just going to cause more issues if someone else submits that, but then they forget to also submit any accompanying consults or labs or results that you had reviewed to make it, say, for example, a justification for a level four or level five exam. So you really want to have some clinical eyes on these documents so that you have seen that the full documentation to justify the complexity in medical decision-making were submitted the first round because you're not gonna wanna have to go back and explain yourself. It's really key that for these submissions, you're doing it right the first time. Now, it's okay if you find something or the coder that you have also helping support reviewing these find something, but you'll then want to submit an explanatory letter and you'll want to do that the first time around. So don't wait for them to review stuff and then ask questions. You really want to review yourself, have your clinical team reviewing, have your certified coder reviewing. Everybody has buttoned that up. Put some explanatory letters in there if you see something so that you can make sure that the first submission is um, rock solid. Now, it's also important that as you create this packet and you get ready to submit it to the auditor, that you're keeping the exact group of records that you're submitting to the auditor. Don't make the mistake that if they come back and have issues and now you're having to Uh, call in for legal help or coding help, that then you're like, well, I don't know what I submitted. Let me go back and repull everything. You want to have the exact packet of what you pulled, what you submitted, all of the explanatory letters, all in a nice, safe spot. So should there be an issue, the legal team um, that you may need to use has everything that you submitted the first time around. It's just going to make your life so much easier. Now, the third tip, I know I touched on this, but it's very critical for you to not alter existing medical records. I really cannot say this often enough. You do not want to get into a fraud case situation. Now, again, like I said, that doesn't mean that you don't review the records and have them reviewed by a certified coder because you're going to want to do that. You just want to make sure that if you see an error, you're not trying to make changes or hide anything. Um, You'll want to look at them if you see anything Make sure that you're writing that explanatory letter, making sure that you're putting a plan in place to not have future errors like that. Add in the the 
process or the plan that you're putting into place in the office, the re-education, et cetera, as part of that initial submission to the auditors. That way they know, A, you've taken it seriously, you have a team of people that help make sure that everything is accurate, and that you're dealing with any sort of error that you did find. So you just don't want to go back and and change anything, make it look like you're trying to hide anything. That's just going to be a big no-no. And the last, the fourth tip is really training your entire staff, every single person who works in that medical office to recognize audit requests. So this is your medical staff, your MAs, your front office staff, because if they see something and they think it's spam or they think it's trash, they may throw those letters away. And the last thing you wanna be put into a situation is if you've missed that timely filing in terms of when you need to respond to the audit, right? So the worst thing can be ignoring these or not responding to them timely. So again, if you do recognize, oh shoot, I missed something, reach out to the auditor immediately, let them know, let them know you're working on it. Um, But hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully you can work with your staff and make sure everybody recognizes what an audit letter could look like and any request, what is the chain of reaction of if you do get that letter, who do they bring it to? Set up a process so that, you know, whether it's the physician who owns the practice or the lead physician who's there every day, someone needs to take an eye and look at that, you know, lead healthcare professional needs to be the one who can make sure that those are handled appropriately. So again, some other tips that I'll just re-emphasize, right? So you want to connect with those auditors. You can ask questions ahead of time. Let them know you're taking it seriously. Make sure that they know that you're not hiding anything or not submitting something right the first time because it's just going to make things worse. And as always, you know, these audits are really not about your clinical care. It's really about your documentation. And so you'll want to make sure that your entire office and healthcare practitioners Physicians are keeping those medical records as accurate and complete as possible. So in summary today, I really want you guys to make sure and you walk away with recognizing audit requests, that you're submitting them on time and you're taking them seriously, that you're submitting complete documents that have already been reviewed by both clinical staff in your office, as well as a certified coder that you're not altering any records. If you do see an error or something that needs to be explained, just send in explanatory letters so that you can tell them what you see and what you found and what you're gonna do about it and do that the first time around. Do not submit things and wait for questions to be asked of you. Get Get in front of that. You're gonna wanna stay in contact with your auditor, so feel free to email and write as you need. Again, everything should be written. Even if you have a phone call with somebody, it's always great to follow up with a, hey, this is what I heard. This is what we're doing. Make sure that everything is in written form in case an issue comes up. And if you can't remember, then it's okay to just concede. Meaning if you don't remember what happened with the patient or with the visit, it's okay to concede. It's not worth it to get into an argument over a case because really it's typically just going to result in a payback. So meaning if you didn't document something and now you can't remember if you did it or not, just don't fight those things. Don't get into an argument of saying, well, I usually do that. If you didn't document it, it wasn't done. And so you'll just want to concede and go, shoot, I should have documented that. I'll just concede that that doesn't meet the justification and 
pay back whatever you need to for that case. It's This isn't things you need to take personal. It just, these things happen. You need to deal with it, move on. And this is truly not about you as a doctor or a healthcare practitioner, but really just about documentation. And lastly, I cannot emphasize enough that if you get into these situations, they're not going well, get help with an experienced or experienced lawyer early, especially if you see a major issue, you're getting these requests often, or the first round didn't go well. And even better, if you have a process in your practice where you're doing an audit annual audit of your records. I've seen practices do a random review of 20 charts per physician or per practitioner. And this number, again, is going to, of course, depend on your volume and frequency of the audit. But this isn't a bad place to get into because you're going to want to make sure that you're not having any issues creep up on you. Now, we've been contacted several times asking what to do after the fact when the audit didn't go well. Now, I don't think people need to undercode or be safe because I also recognize that that's not allowed. So just really make sure that you and your team are paying attention to rules that change, whether it be Medicare or your individual payers, so that you know their policies, you have a regular audit of your charts, and you make sure your team is staying up to date. Now, as always, if you're enjoying this podcast, come join our Facebook group, Rev, R-E-V-M-D, and share our group and podcasts with physicians and healthcare practitioners in your life. And if you haven't already done so, please go to the Apple podcast and leave us a review. I really appreciate you guys listening this week and look forward to next week.